0: And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time: slash ama There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there. This is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 490 of the Recruiting Future podcast. The only things certain about talent acquisition in 2023 are uncertainty and more disruption. As companies deal with these complex times, what can TA leaders do to ensure their teams give their businesses maximum value? My first guest of 2023 is Jane Curran, global head of talent acquisition at JLL. Jane leads a large TA team firmly focused on driving value by advocating for responsible recruiting throughout the business. Hi, Jane, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Matt. Happy to be here.
0: An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Please, could you introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do?
1: Sure, Matt. Um Again, this is Jane Curran. Uh, I reside in Chicago and I work for JLL, also known as Jones Lang LaSalle, which is a commercial real estate firm. I lead talent acquisition globally, and JLL is a fantastic, wonderful, amazing uh, organization to work for. I've been here for 21 years and have you know really enjoyed the ride that I've been on watching the company grow. The cool thing is we've been around for over 200 years, and um, I feel in some ways are just getting started. We deliver uh, real estate services to owners and occupiers um, and are really getting into, you know, I think purpose-driven work around sustainability um, and helping uh, the future of real estate for the globe.
0: Fantastic stuff. I mean, tell us a little bit more about the scale of talent acquisition and and some of the challenges that you have.
1: Sure. So our team um, is a little over 300 people globally. We, at the moment, um, you know, average, you know, over 6,000 openings uh, across the firm. And we have full service recruitment in house. So that's from early careers all the, all the way through executive uh, recruitment. And we have a team of sourcers, talent community managers, recruiters, coordinators, um, full service. And uh, this year I think we've hired over 30,000 people. Um, and the, the firm I should have mentioned earlier is um, about 105,000 strong. And some of the challenges I would say, um, are probably no different than some other corporate TA organizations. I mean, I think at times we're all looking for the same qualified, uh, wonderful, talented people out there. Um, It's our job at JLL to do the best we can at uh, fighting through the crowd and the noise. You know, people have to figure out who JLL is. We're not a consumer brand. So at times we've got to make sure that um, we, you know, make sure the word is out there to join an organization that is growing, that has opportunities for all. And you just have to, you know, certainly have an interest in real estate, but we can teach you. Uh, You can learn what we do, Uh, but it is, it is, it is hard uh, right now for any organization, I think, to stand out in the crowd uh, to make sure people choose you. Uh, I think that's, that's a hard thing. The economy recession and over recession, it's still hard to find um, top talent.
0: We're recording this right at the very end of 2022 and um, it's sort of going live now at the beginning of 2023. Obviously, it's been a very disruptive time for, well, for everything, but for, you know, zeroing in on talent acquisition, very d- disruptive for the industry over the last uh, couple of years. What do you think the market is going to be like in 2023? And what kind of pressures are TA teams going to be under?
1: Um, I think it's, you know, it, it was a very, um, the team had to be very resilient this year, right? I mean, you started off the year with a bang. And then about mid-year, right, it it really did start to turn and the economic conditions started to show that that we should all start to slow down our recruiting efforts. I think in 23, as we start the year, uh, I think the first two quarters are definitely going to be a little bit um, uncertain, bumpy. I don't think, I think uh, organizations, hiring managers will maybe wait to see what the market's going to do before they return to potentially... Um, you know, regular, regular hiring levels. But I do think it, it depends on, um, you know, what part of the world you're into. Like, I, I don't know how the deep the recession might be in the States is the unemployment rates only at 3.7%. So, you know, whether we're in a recession or not, uh, I still think talent's gonna be hard to find. Um, I think Europe's a different story. And Asia, you know, there's certainly parts that are, are um, you know, India, the Philippines, you know, we, we still have a lot of, of hiring to be doing in those locations. So I think it depends on where you live um, as to, as to how difficult it is either to find talent or, you know, what the the market conditions are, but we're, we're certainly going to be ready and prepared for all.
0: And I suppose one of the, the other kind of key themes is recruiting responsibly in terms of how organizations view their approach to talent and their approach to recruiting. And I'm guessing a lot of that, is based around building effective kind of stakeholder relationships across the business. Thinking about, you know, salaries and, and compensation and all that kind of stuff, how does the relationship between TA and finance work to really help businesses grow in a responsible way?
1: That's a great question, Matt. I believe that, you know, talent acquisition, we want to be part of those strategic conversations. Of course the business is going to come to us to fill positions. But we have to be aware of the economic conditions, aware of that particular business line's growth plan or you know whatever cycle they're in. We want to make sure that we're advising them on, you know, the proper avenues to take. And I think your relationship as a talent acquisition uh, professional with finance and compensation is truly critical to guide and direct the business. I always tell my recruiters, like, you know, your job is going to be a whole lot easier if you know who's the finance director for the business line that you support, who's the compensation professional that helps design those plans. If you are locked in on the strategy, um, recruitment becomes a lot easier because you know how to guide and, you know, maybe we should hold off on this position, maybe we should go. Uh, with junior talent for this role, because you know, you have to go senior over here. And it's a balance of of who you need to attract um, across the year. So I just, I really think in order for um, the business to hire responsibly, all three of those organizations need to be really tight, recruiters, finance and compensation, in directing the business to make the right decisions.
0: And how does that kind of relationship extend to HR business partners?
1: Well, I always say they're the tip of the spear, right? I mean, recruiters, at the end of the day, we are out there talking to candidates, internal, external, referrals, um, you name it, we have to be moving at the pace of the market. Does, and that does not allow us to protect, maybe sit in every meeting that a business partner would be in. But I think it wouldn't be the right thing to do anyway. We don't, we're not doing duplicative work. But your business partner um, helps keep that relationship healthy, um, up to the minute information. You know, this hire is going to be moved to the top of the list. Can we prioritize that? So I think, you know, your business partner is the is also a very, very critical component to your um, execution of a recruitment strategy, because they should have the information that you need to do your work. Now, it's a partnership, but I do think that um, that relationship is critical.
0: And in terms of sort of recruiting strategy itself and, and really kind of being responsible within the, the business, how do you think that... TA team should be sort of prioritizing the, the work that they do?
1: I think that it's really the future. So, you know, coming out of COVID, I felt like it was like a hiring blitz, right? I mean, everybody wanted to hire and for good reason. I mean, many, most of it made sense, but I also think looking back to that uh, very frenzied period of 21 through half of 22, I, I think, well, what if we would have, you know, had a Prioritize plan, and I know that there's workforce planning tools out there, but not every organization has a robust workforce planning. I've also talked to many TA professionals that say it sounds great, but in reality, it's always you know it's it's, it never always it never comes true. So I think that prioritized recruiting is is the future. So you sit down with the business and say, okay, what do we need to hire? We could need to hire, let's say, a hundred new ads this year, but instead of doing it haphazardly. Why don't we say, you know, we're going to hire this 10, you know, the first quarter. Um, We're going to look at, you know, this organization in the second quarter. Now, you know, attrition is always coming through. So you always have attrition kind of as the underlying theme of what recruiters need to focus on. What are we doing um, with how that work gets done? I think if you don't have a plan and it's just whatever hiring manager might be the loudest, it doesn't get done in an organized fashion. And then you as recruiters, they feel overwhelmed. The workload's unmanageable. But what if you had a tighter relationship with the hiring managers in the business line to say, let's do this in a more organized fashion? What needs to get done first? Okay, let's get those done. You know, we'll look at this maybe every two weeks and say, what's the next, you know, ten that need to get done? And if you have that focus and that la- laser focus, everything will get done. You don't want the business to worry like, oh my, my wreck isn't being worked on. I don't think that's the point. The point is that you will get the work done in a prioritized fashion, and it'll probably get done faster because everyone's focused on, you know, a smaller number of racks. So I do think that's the future.
0: A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi, everyone. I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over a 100 markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com pod. That's wwww n o l o dot slash pod and take the stress out of finding workers. Just digging into that a little bit further, because obviously in a a large organization, I'm sure you've got lots of competing priorities and things like that. How do you prioritize? What are the kind of the methods or or the questions or or the way that you to use to prioritize what really is important for the business?
1: I think you start with, you know, criticality and, and very often we're looking at revenue generating versus potentially not revenue generating. So I think that's a, a lever, certainly, is uh, what what roles are going to get out there to meet the client's needs, um, but also generate revenue for the firm. I think we're also looking at growth areas, right? So what's potentially revenue generating and, and a high growth area for us to deliver on? And I think it's, you know, ultimately helping the business understand, you know, where's the biggest impact? Where will these roles have the biggest impact? What are some you know, nice to have, or really looking at internal talent too, to say, well, wait a second, if so-and-so recently left the organization, could we split that job up, right? Instead of just rushing to the market and hiring again, we're trying to get creative there too, and say, before you just, um, you know, rush to refill a position, could you prioritize internal talent for new opportunity as well? Um, you try to do things differently. I think so often it's just post, run, go, and we want to be more thoughtful with, um, what work gets worked done at what rate, and also have we have we really looked at internal talent and looked at the job differently? You know, maybe you don't have to replace the same.
0: I suppose one of the, the almost the strangest or the, the craziest things that that we've seen in the last couple of years is coming out of the pandemic. There was this global shortage. Of TA talent, you know, no one could hire enough recruiters. Salaries were going through the roof. There was there was such huge demand for people to join and and recruit for businesses. And then in the 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 sort of second half of twenty two, we're now seeing with kind of recessions around the globe or potential recessions, companies now laying recruiters off again almost as if they've learned nothing from nothing from the last time. How do you keep a TA team the, the right size so you can sort of flex up and down depending on those market conditions?
1: I think what we're looking to try to do is, you know, we're not immune to any of those things, right? It's The boom-bust cycle, I think you have to remember that talent acquisition always moves at the speed of the market, not at the speed of HR, right? So if, if things are happening, we're usually first to get um, impacted or... Um, you know, have to make some changes. So I think what we're learning is more flexibility in the model. So we're looking at potentially interns, right? So help grow our pipeline for our own profession, because I think that was during COVID, you're like, wait a second, where where's all this talent? So if we have a better handle on a pipeline for ourselves, right, this is what we do for the business, why don't we try to do that for ourselves? And the interns, to me, can be more flexible, right? So at times, they might stick around to be a permanent employee or they might just stick around for the summer or while they're in school. So I think we're looking at, you know, interns, contract labor to to rise and, and build when we when we need to, and then flex down uh, when maybe we, we reach you know levels in which are we're not hiring as much as we as we were before. So I, I like that model. We're also looking. We've got a really cool program called SkillsBridge in the United States, which is for transitioning veterans. Um, I believe the recruiting skill. Uh, Certainly can be learned if you have the interest in it. So we're also looking at um, at that. So we've got we've had and we'll continue to have a few transitioning vets that, you know, we're not recruiters in the military, but um, have an aptitude or interest in the profession, and uh, we want to you know continue to get those folks in our pipeline as well. So I think it's just keeping a rich pipeline. Some people you know are interested in gig work right we're, we're open to gig work too so and then keeping your alumni right so you've got recruiters that have worked for us over the years on and off and, and keeping that pipeline really rich too so that you, you keep a stable uh, full-time employees but then you also can flex up and down
0: and what role does technology you know play in this in terms of speeding up the process um you know allowing recruiters to carry more recs. what role does it play
1: Well, what I'm really, uh, we're going to work on next year, 23 with my team is focusing on like zero waste in our system of, uh, our ecosystem of talent, right. And the community that we're building, um, online. So there's four ways that we can work with potential recruits, right? There's either applicants, you've got referrals, you've got internal candidates, and then you've got outbound recruiting. And I really want to find a way to keep, uh, recruiters focusing on that talent that we already have in our ecosystem. And we've got technology now to help create, you know, th- that if you have an ATS full of candidates, right? We've had 1.2 million people apply to JLL this year. How do you make sure that those people, they expressed interest, they raised their hand, they took the time to fill out the application, like that, that's, that's gold to an organization, right? They want to work here. So how do we make sure that those applicants, if maybe they didn't get the job that they applied for, that they are um, sourced either in a dynamic way or automatically, there's automation for that, that they keep alive in our in our um, application system. So we're definitely going to be using that technology to source our ATS, source our CRM. And then we're also, th- this year, going to think about um, helping our internals raise their hand and say, I'm open to work internally. And, you know, in an organization, some hiring managers, and I get it, right, They're, they've pre- they helped develop this talent, they want to keep talent on their team, but in order to grow your career, and you can have a fabulously long career at JLL, there's lots of opportunity, we need to help our internal talent move throughout the organization. And we're going to have some technology to help them you know, raise their hand, say they're interested, and then be matched to opportunities at our organization. So I do think that there's a lot of tech, uh, technology out there to help us, help the candidates have a better experience, um, get placed in positions, and help the recruiters um, you know, a lot of what I just talked about should reduce our need to source externally by 35%. So it's exciting that I feel like the AI in the recruiting space is finally there. It works. And uh, I think we're lucky to have made some investments in some pretty cool tech at JLL. And we're just excited to keep adopting and using it to its full extent.
0: So the final question, which which really leads on from that in terms of, in terms of efficiencies and, and things like that. One of the key themes that everyone is already talking about for 2023 is how TA can do more with less, and you know it's not a new theme because it comes up every time that there are economic economic problems. But as you say, you know, with the the, the kind of the AI revolution and everything that's that's going on, perhaps there are some different answers this time around. What's what's your view on that?
1: You know, it comes up every time. Not every time, but I mean, it comes up often when we survey our employees, right? Like we really want to hear from our employees. How are they feeling? What are they thinking? And as a recruiter, very often, um, you know, workload, rec comes up as something that is a concern. And we obviously care about the well-being of our of our team. And we have thought of new ways to help them manage that rec load throughout, um, you know, their year. And we really want to focus on um, something. We've introduced a training called coaching for peak performance, and we really try to get the team to focus on the big rocks, you know, in their day, in their week, in their month. You know, what's the needle moving work? We consider that big rocks, and then what's the what's the work that we call pebbles? Stuff that like you know just keeps the lights on. That yes, you need to get done, but can maybe be at the last thing you do that day. And then what's the sand? What's the non-value added work that maybe clogs up your day that we should be thinking about? You know, that could be like scheduling interviews, right? There's technology for that. How do you push hiring managers um, to use the tech to automate some of this recruitment process? And then, you know, it's really like, where does all of your work fall between big rocks, needle moving work, you know, pebbles, the stuff that keeps the lights on and the sand that's just, what could we stop doing? That's non-value added work. And adopting this mindset really has helped our team stay laser focused on the work that matters. So as we all, you know, tighten our belts and figure out how we're going to do more with less uh, in 23, we really have um, spent the second half of the year focusing on that training so that that our recruiters, our sourcers, our coordinators can, can feel confident in pushing back to the business when they need to, to say, you know what, I will get to that. Um, but I've got other priorities today, some other needle moving work I'm gonna work on. I will get to that, but it's gonna be, you know, later in the week. Or, you know, I do this report for you every every week. I noticed you don't open it. So you know what? It would be okay if we stopped doing some of those things. So I think we just have to have those honest conversations and kind of going back to the way we started this with you know, your relationships with finance, compensation, and the business partners, if they understand what your needle moving work is, they can remove obstacles to make sure that TA is laser focused on the stuff that the business wants us to be doing and generating great results and then stopping stuff that we're like, you know, we just don't have time to do that anymore. And they're like, you're right. Not important. Stop. And I think that's just what what the team needs to hear that they are empowered to say no and certainly empowered to say yes to the right work.
0: Jane, thank you very much for talking to me.
1: Thanks Matt. It's been an honor to be on your show.
0: My thanks to Jane. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me.
1: This is my show.